0: Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy.
1: This week, we're going to be reviewing three issues out of the uh, 1975 DC series called First Issue Special, okay? Now, what this series was, so DC was catching on around this time in 1975 that issue number ones tend to sell more than uh, any issue after that, right? Right. So uh, Carmine Infantino, who was the head of DC Comics at the time... I thought that it might be a really good idea just to do a series of number ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something DC would try today, dude. Like, dude, they've been rebooting stuff like nonstop over the past like 15 years, right? So yeah, it's yeah. just like they've had so many number ones, and I'm surprised they just don't bring this back, dude.
0: I know. They honestly, they should. I think it'd be such a cool gimmick now yeah. to just like just try new characters, you know? Say, hey, wait, you know, let's try this guy.
1: So, like, You have in this series, you have in big, huge letters, it says, first issue, special number five yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and it's like it's so confusing i remember when i first saw my first one i was like oh that's cool i got the very first atlas or i mean this one makes more sense but i'd be like oh this is cool i got the very first manhunter and then upon further inspection you're like oh wait number five what yeah and the best part about this is there was never an issue number four of manhunter so right it makes it even more confusing but
0: it well in fact in the back of them um you know how it talks about like if you want to learn more about this character and all this other stuff, please tell us right and the, the only thing I can think of that went beyond issue one was Warlord,
1: and actually warlord was already slated it, Oh, it was th- yeah, it was okay. already being written and drawn at the time that this came out this oh, warlord my gosh, came out yeah dude. so like that's the thing is um th- like Carmine infantino claims that it was uh that it was a way to try and launch new series which would have made sense it would have been a cool idea right like if yeah if an issue sold particularly well you make a series about it or if you hear because it yeah that in the end of all of them they put an address and say hey if you like this let us know right so it's made like it is supposed to be a tryout books kind of like dc would do a showcase or something like they, they would put a character in there to try it out and if it worked then he would move, like, get like the moved the to his own series right. yeah but um, according to um, uh, Jerry Conway, he says that he denies that it was ever supposed to be a tryout series, even though they put in the bottom of it that the, this is, you know, if you like this, let us know and we'll make more of them. Jerry Conway says uh, that it was um, it, it just wouldn't it, releasing these issues monthly would not have given them enough time to gather the numbers. To even find out if they should even do an issue till like a year later, right? right. Basically. So, yeah. like, so he's just like, it just wouldn't have been feasible. People would have forgotten about the character by the time that they were able to actually do a, a series. But they sure made it seem like it was, it oh, was yeah. supposed to be a launch pad.
0: It's, it seems totally like, uh, like interactive, you know? And, and like you said, like, it's cool because it throws you right into the middle of a story. That would belong as like a number three or something like that, right? But it's the first issue, and then then they're supposedly supposed to retroactively tell you the beginnings of these characters, right? And then they just say, it, which makes me wonder: do they just get fan mail at that address? Uh,
1: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but I mean, they never printed it, so yeah, I I think that was like maybe they are just gonna see what would happen, but yeah apparently Conway said that they would sit in editorial meetings and Carmine would say, who has an issue for, or who has an idea for the next first issue special? So it's not even that they had them all planned out. It would be like that month they would decide what's going to go in this book. Yeah. And he says they had 20 days to come up with a title. And basically he's just like, how do you develop a project that has a potential to be a real series within 20 days? You can't do that. Because <laughs> like, yeah. these were all supposed to be basically, that, or these were all just on the fly ideas. Um, and actually, uh, let's see. So yeah, The Warlord went on to do the, his series, but like I said, that was already happening. And uh, interestingly enough, there was, so the three issues of this that we're going to review tonight are the ones that Jack Kirby did, right? right? But one of the issues uh was a new gods story. Um like the very last first issue special was Return of the New Gods. Uh
0: Oh yeah, that is oh yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. that's
1: interesting that Kirby didn't do that one. But he did, but he did, th- three, he did three out of the thirteen Issues.
0: Did he go back to Marvel at that time?
1: Uh, this was right. This was some of the last stuff he did at DC. At, okay. Because yeah, gotcha. this was '75, and um, the Captain America Mad Bomb series it was that was his first thing he did back at Marvel. Uh-huh. Um, and that was '76. So okay. yeah, it was. Gotcha. I don't know if it was the last thing, but it was definitely some of the last stuff. And maybe he did leave, and that was an FU to Kirby. Is just maybe. like because, yeah. like I said, they just came up with these on a month to month thing. Like, what are we gonna do? right and so you know maybe as an nephew to kirby he left probably and they said okay let's do new gods <laughs> uh, for the last issue And piss them off um but yeah i, I eventually want to c- collect all of these because some of them seem interesting so here's the stories um or here's the stories that appeared in first issue special so number one was atlas which we're going to review tonight created mm-hmm. by jack kirby uh number two was the green team boy millionaires which was created by joe simon interestingly enough so you have a kirby simon is first and second (coughs) and yeah actually simon was back at was back at dc during this time okay him and kirby started like well they didn't start there but they did a ton of work for dc before they ever created captain marvel right so america yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, they did do some Captain Marvel stuff too, right. but yes. yeah, I meant Captain America, right? So they kind of got their they made their name at DC. Then they left and made their name again at Marvel. But uh then they both came back to DC in the 70s, which is why in the 70s they reprinted um the Boy Commandos yes. story because uh they were both back there and so they're just like, "Oh, why don't we just I cash in just on some of this stuff?" Pick
0: those Boy Commando books
1: up. Oh, did you? Uh one and two. I have one, I think. I still need two. Yeah, they only did two of them uh, for the reprints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, the Green Team, Boy Millionaires, that was the Joe Simon one. Number three was Metamorpho uh, by Bob Haney, which would be cool. That would be cool. By Bob Haney and uh, Ramona Fraiden, And that, Ramona Fraiden is awesome, dude. If you haven't seen her art, she's, she's really good. And uh, the next one, uh, issue number four was Lady Cop. <laughs> okay <laughs> which sounds like horribly sexist right like yeah you have cops and then you have <laughs> lady, lady co- cops yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like
0: like, what do you call a female doctor a lady doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so that was by robert Kaniger and uh, john rossenberger with inks by vince coletta um number five was manhunter by jack kirby inked by bruce berry um which we're going to do uh I forgot to say the inker um, on Atlas was also Bruce Berry um, and he does a good job He's so I was going to
0: say I really like his inks on yeah. Jack Kirby's pencils he's one of my they look he, very good
1: there's a few I've, I've got like five that I really like uh, and then some that I don't care for and then one that I really hate so, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Vince <laughs> Coletta. Um, so, and then the next one, um, was Creeper, or no, sorry, the next one was Dingbats Bats of Danger Street uh, by Jack Kirby and Mike Royer. Mike Royer, a lot of people consider him the best, yeah, uh, Kirby inker, and I, I got he is one of the best for sure. Um, the next one was The Creeper, uh, by uh, Michael Fleischer and Steve Ditko. Uh, which would have been cool oh, yeah. then.
0: Yeah, CJ J. Kodu and The Creeper yeah. would have been pretty rad.
1: Then The Warlord was number eight by Mike mm-hmm. Grell. Uh Dr. Fate, The Mummy That Time Forgot, written by Martin Pascal and drawn by Walt Simonson. Uh, that's, that was nine.
0: That's the one that's reprinted in...
1: Oh, is that the one that you got recently? I'm pretty sure recently? it's reprinted in... Probably. Uh,
0: that Yeah, anyway.
1: Um. Uh, then number 10 was a jo- another Joe Simon joint called The Outsiders, Us the Outsiders, which... I don't know if that is the Outsider Outsiders. Probably not. I would think not. I don't think it is, actually, because I think Mike Barr created the Outsiders the outside, yeah. that were with Batman. The Batman Outsiders. Yeah. Um, number 11 was Codename Assassin by Jerry Conway uh, and uh, Art by the Redondo Studio. Um, number 12 was Starman, um, which is, would be interesting to read. Um and then, uh, yeah, the last one was The Return of the New Gods. So, yeah, all these were um, supposed to be first issues, and they're really good first issues. They're intros to the character. Uh, and, uh, yeah.
0: And they weren't necessarily like uh, origin stories, though, either.
1: No, not necessarily. But they were kind of, though. I mean, Manhunter kind of was. It was a origin story of a new Manhunter. It was, yeah, right? it
0: was like a, a legacy it was more like yeah like a legacy uh origin story
1: and atlas was kind of an origin story too yeah it um, was it
0: was a little um
1: because yeah. atlas like i mean you when you see him he's already fully atlas but like but it does go into like how he became atlas that's true yeah um but dingbats wasn't really an origin story in fact No, it wasn't an origin story at all. Like you were just to assume that the Dingbats have always just been around. Right? They
0: when in fact in the back of that uh, Dingbats, they actually say, um, "If you want to know like the origin of the Dingbats, like write us and let us know." Like we were talking about before,
1: right? Okay, so as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be reviewing the Jack Kirby, um, the three Jack Kirby issues in the first issue special. Uh, Atlas, Manhunter, and Dingbats of Danger Street. We're going to start out just talking about Atlas, since it's the first issue of what Kirby did, and it's also the first issue of the whole series. And uh, you get Atlas, and it just says in big letters, first DC issue, and first issue special, like... They're selling this thing up like it's the first issue, and this okay. actually is the first issue, and it says, "Is he legend or is he man?" And I, I love that this is like a Kirby um, thing, like it's like Kirby. That's a very Kirby thing to because of the fact that inside of the issue he goes and describes what makes a legend, what is a legend exactly, and so they even go into the dictionary and they say, "Well, a legend is actually." Uh, Blah, blah blah this is what the dictionary meaning of legend is but now legends in this day and age can be for uh for our time basically and that's what right. he he's trying to sell this atlas guy as but atlas is just like this huge like i love how kirby drew him he's just he's enormous dude yeah he like
0: towers over everyone
1: yeah and he's just thick his chest yeah. is and arms are thick i it's almost like um like the image guys in the 90s would draw all their guys like this right. like way too big yeah uh, <laughs> exactly like you think like the rock or john cena and like times two man these guys are like ridiculously huge uh but it just looks really cool i just love like how strong that kirby makes this guy well, look
0: i also love his look like the no shirt loincloth looking mm. with like a um, yeah exactly yeah? yeah yeah why do you yeah. like that so much yeah i just think it looks awesome dude like the, the the helmet underneath the hood and it's just a hood like like it's yeah. not a jacket to go with it. it's just a hood like yeah. i love that about
1: him well in this helmet thing that he's wearing um it, you do see that like in other kirby stuff right like like light ray has a, yeah. a similar right. helmet and then and then actually that's one of the things that uh rob liefeld took from uh, Kirby is he has a bunch of characters like well, they- in Youngblood and stuff that have that same helmet that just goes around the outside of your face. Right. Um, it be hard to talk. Yeah. But uh, the you, you like the loincloth thing and like the no clothes, just cloth, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: well, I too it. many
1: superheroes have, or don't show enough skin <laughs> I like would agree male superheroes yeah I would
0: agree mm-hmm. we need to sexually objectify men too <laughs> that's
1: what Kirby was trying to do he was equal rights back then <laughs> he Like totally he, was. Was, he was a feminist <laughs> back then and so he made this half naked dude be the hero of this yep. thing right um, one thing I really loved about this is like so uh, it's kind of cool how Kirby I think it's actually well written like sometimes Kirby stuff can Be a little bit jarring, a little bit to read, um, if you're not used to Kirby's stuff. But I, I would almost say, uh, with this one, and actually with all three of these, these are some of the easier Kirby uh stories to read, um, because they're pretty straightforward. And it, I love how it opens up. He's already an established guy, he's on his way to do something, but uh, they're traveling, you can tell that. And he's just uh, some people want to come up and challenge him right
0: yeah he's like the uh fighting freak show you know and this yeah. dude's just like come battle my giant and people are like yeah we'll fight him and like he just kicks the crap out of everyone dude
1: this page where like he beats that guy it's like the the splash page for chapter two and he's pounding okay. this they're up on this like wooden like platform right and he pounds this dude through this platform <laughs> it's the coolest drawing like I, I love it because Kirby, he's, and, he's yeah. holding this guy by one arm and with his other arm he pounds his head <laughs> and he pounds him down through this stage and Kirby's so good at drawing like like just like debris Patch, flying everywhere. Yeah, it's so good. It's like an explosion. I, dude, I love it. Like just the wooden planks, so like just and the splinters and everything of all different sizes. I couldn't. There's no way. Like I I I like to draw and stuff. I'm not. A, I wouldn't call myself an artist, but I. Could never think, I could never do this. I I could draw the splinters and stuff, but it just wouldn't look so dynamic. It just, yeah, I just, I love that page it's so crazy, much.
0: Yeah. The, the, uh, I would say my favorite part of this, and same with Man, is it Manhunter? Yeah, Manhunter is their very opening page. I mean, this is the, like, you're going to a first issue of this first brand new series, mm-hmm. and the first opening page is just this double page splash
1: oh yeah that was a a kirby thing too yeah 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 kirby would do that in a lot of his stuff he would either have a full page or a double page splash for like all of his stuff he i don't know if he's the one that invented that but he certainly like made it his definitely and this is um this was some of the last stuff that kirby did for dc so when he came over to dc he started doing uh, just a couple of weird little projects. Um, and then the first main book he got put on was the uh, Jimmy Olsen, um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And that's where Kirby just started infusing all of his crazy ideas into this like boring book, right? And then he went on to do um, The New Gods, the rest of the fourth world stuff. So that so there was that section of Kirby when he came to DC. So he came over in, I think, 1970, 69 or 70. Um, and he... So you have different um, eras of him at DC during this time period. You have the fourth world area, which was the first stuff he did, right? So you had 1970 to 73 or whatever where he was doing Mr. Miracle and he was doing Forever People. And uh, then that stuff all went away. And then you have, uh, after that, that's the next wave of Kirby stuff. So that's where you get like the Demon and commandy and OMAC. And that kind of stuff yeah. yeah and then this here this first issue special stuff this is right at the tail end of that right so um he's basically done with dc at this point uh, and the year after this he goes back to marvel so uh but this to me is like the height of a kirby's. A kirby's art yeah, yeah. like I mean this that whole DC period actually from seventy to seventy five to me is my very favorite Kirby. Oh for sure. It's and when yeah. he first came back to sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say it, it's great. I mean it, um you can see that a little bit too, like when he did um like Captain Victory and he mm-hmm. did um what else did he he did another series um for Pacific Comics? Too. Silver Star. Silver Star, yeah, yeah, and so you can you can still get some of that flavor. I feel like from this DC era into those, even though those were like ten years later because they were like in the you know like mid eighties or whatever.
1: Yeah, see, to me that's on the other side of the hill. I like I love that stuff. I love uh-huh. the Captain Victory stuff and Silver Star, but that's where it, it like I he's coming down from his peak at that point. Like even in the even when he went back to Marvel mm-hmm. and was doing Captain America and Black Panther, um, like. I love I love Kirby's craziness, like his like wonky, ugly faces and everything that in his incorrect anatomy, like as much as the next guy. But during that time, like I've I have most of the Captain America issues he did, and there's just some stuff that just is like What were you thinking Kirby <laughs> did? Like I still love it. Like yeah. to me, I would put any of his panels up on my wall and consider it like the most beautiful art. But at the same time, like I can see why he gets a bad rap from some people, especially when I look at the uh late seventies early eighties stuff that's the pacific Comics stuff that's uh-huh. the early eighties yeah. stuff and uh yeah like around like um the 80, 85 or something is where you really start seeing him. um, Declining. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you, I I think I heard he was having some sort of vision stuff. Like he had some health issues at the end that maybe um, contributed to it. But, uh, but yeah, what basically it's a long way of just saying that I think this is where he was like firing on all cylinders. And the dude was like, uh, old, he was like late fifties, when he was drawing this stuff right. dude like yeah. that's crazy that his peak was at late 50s makes me feel like i might have a chance dude you totally right? have a chance yeah for like, sure and like maybe I'll, i like i don't feel that way i feel like i'm 100 percent on the down slope i feel like i'm a silver star <laughs> kirby right now but uh yeah no he was killing it dude even back then um but yeah this atlas one uh, so atlas is obviously this is another kirby thing Atlas t- comes from mythology, right? right? Yeah, and Kirby's all about the gods, and Atlas was like, what was he? Greek god, something like that.
0: Uh, sh- let's go with that. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, but this was his take on it. Just like Thor was a god, but they he did, he his, did his take, t- which right. was you know way different than the actual mythology. And I think he was kind of trying to do the same thing here and uh so one thing I like about this is uh so it, it goes back and tells his story he's a little boy his parents are killed and then he grows up to be Batman no yeah. it, it could have gone that <laughs> way it, it could go either way you either yeah. become Atlas or you become yeah. Batman but uh he was already really strong as a kid like he was like like beating down adults right
0: yeah he was like a what like six seven eight year old something yeah. like that and like beating up like henchmen of some dude named hiss or something like that
1: yeah so uh so his parents get killed this guy finds him and then he's like they go back to his home they find this like crystal ball and he this other guy seems to know that this crystal ball has some sort of like importance right because basically he says you have this ball you're the leader now
0: right so they go on this quest to go to the mountain um, to deliver the ring to so
1: the Crystal Mountain. So the, this this crystal ball comes from the Crystal, crystal mountain, mountain, right? Right. Yeah.
0: And so since he has part of the mountain with him, it makes him the leader.
1: Yeah. And so then it just goes and tells a story about how he becomes more well known, more renowned. It's kind of like if you ever played Red Dead Redemption, your fame goes up as you do deeds, um, you know, different things. And that's kind of what's happening to him. He's getting more famous. He's saving people. He he holds up a bridge that's breaking. He um, gladiator
0: battles people. Yeah,
1: that gladiator scene is really cool. Oh, dude, it's way, yeah, the action and mm-hmm. like
0: the the dynamic.
1: Yeah, and just how huge and sexy Atlas is. Oh, yeah, in that
0: loincloth. Oh, man. You
1: just see that bare back, man. It gets me going.
0: But I noticed, too, he doesn't have his uh, hood um, on in that. I think that's how he won the helmet, actually, is that Gladiator battle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, yep. After that, then he's got his helmet and his hood, and he looks pretty awesome. And then they finally make it to Morador. Uh, right, exactly. Which is yeah. kind of what this feels like, right? It feels a little bit Lord of the Ringsy because uh, they have to get to this place and it's surrounded by fire. And the other guy lets him know that that's not real fire. That's just it's like fire from Planet of the Apes.
0: Yeah. So don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be the first thing Kirby stole from Planet of the Apes. True. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, C- Commandy uh, has a lot of similarities. If you guys didn't know, but uh yeah, basically he comes up to this guy, Hissa, who Probably killed his parents, and uh, he's gonna say. And he calls. He says, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm your conqueror, bitch." That's right. Yeah, and, and I was that, like, "Kirby, dude." Yeah, stop swearing. In. Yeah, kids reading this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yep, yeah, and it's cool because each one of these first issue specials they have the story behind the story which is just tells about how they came up with it and and all the kirby stuff is really like high concept stuff like kirby's just like can you imagine the world in the future or like because right. he's he's that that's how he thinks and that's how he comes up with all of his stories is he's his mind wanders to some place and he needs to take the reader there and he, he does more or less uh good job on that
0: yeah, in fact, in this uh, the story behind the story, uh, if there's been one theme running through the comics career of Jack Kirby, it's been legend, and that applies in two levels, and then it keeps going on. But the uh, that's exactly it, Spencer. Is you know, he takes legend and turns it into his own, yep, and uh, creates some dynamic storytelling.
1: And now he's a legend.
0: He indeed, right? He is he is his own Atlas.
1: Yep kirby is atlas yep kirby equals atlas okay so the next one is uh manhunter yeah manhunter which dude the whole history of manhunter it was so confusing for to me for so long because like you know growing up reading comics i read about Mar- martian manhunter right right and then i hear that there's this group of people called manhunters and i'm like yeah so i'm like are they all from mars no, it turns out they aren't. None of them are from Mars. And 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 then there's <laughs> then there's a Manhunter uh and then there's like four different manhunters. Like there's uh Dan Richards, Paul Kirk, Mark Shaw, there's a clone of Paul Kirk, there's Kirk DePaul, and then Kate Spencer. And, and it's like it gets really confusing. But basically, um the idea, the overall idea of a manhunter is it's a race of androids. Uh, created by the Guardians of the Universe um, that are uh, basically bounty hunters.
0: Yeah, for uh, No Man Escapes the b- the Manhunter. Right. right. Well, so here's the thing that I, I couldn't – I didn't do any research. I know I could have pulled up my –
1: Why bother, dude? We're just a I know, ragtag exactly. podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but so here's the thing is, you know, this Manhunter, uh, as you go through the story, you find out that it's been passed down from like father to son type of thing. And so they're human inside this suit. Whereas, like, the Manhunters are the androids for the, right. the Guardians. And I I do believe that the Manhunters for the Guardians took their um, design of their Manhunters from this Manhunter. Yeah. But I don't think that he's necessarily related to the androids. Unless right. I'm completely off no, base No, you're, you're
1: right. And that's what... Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, it's so confusing to figure out what's going on uh, with the Manhunters. But... But there, there quite often is a one person called Manhunter right. that is typically a, an actual person uh, as opposed to um, an android. Right. Um, so in the Golden Age, uh, the first DC Manhunter uh, was just a, like a detective guy uh, named Paul Kirk. And it kind of makes sense. That he would use a Manhunter name if he's like a private investigator, right? Right. Like and so that's how it started out. And a lot of these do, like right, like like Ghost Rider, when he started out he was just a cowboy on a horse, right? Uh and but then he became like this like you know, agent of the devil or whatever. And drives yeah car and Yeah, exactly. Well, now he drives a car. Yeah, Um, in space, I think. (laughs) Well, though, that's two different ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider still rides like he rides like a space motorcycle. Is that Frank Castle right now? Yeah, that's Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. Punisher's Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah, it's too hard to keep up with this stuff, man. I know. Um, but anyway, back to Manhunter. So, (laughs) so yeah, the the original one was just a detective, but then. Uh, like Jack Kirby likes to do, he likes to come in and put it on his own spin. So, like um, in Adventure Comics seventy three, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby created a new Manhunter named Rick Nelson, uh, and he was a big game hunter turned crime fighter. Uh, and this uh, was definitely a different character than the than the original one, um, but he was still called Manhunter. So they just took the name basically, but everything else um, had changed. Uh, let's see here.
0: Was um, was his name Craven the
1: Manhunter? <laughs> no, that's a different guy. Craven the Spider-Man Hunter. <laughs> that's right. Uh so um that was Action or Adventure Comics 73 and 74. Oh, yeah, so this Rick Nelson guy was changed the next issue to Paul Kirk in Adventure Comics number 74 what? by an unknown editor. So somebody changed his name, but then the Simon and Kirby t- team uh they left that, uh, but the Paul Kirk Manhunter character kept going, and that's kind of where that uh, the the Manhunter that we know started coming from was, was there. Was from Paul Kirk? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kirk decides to become a crime fighter, um, and he... Let's see. What was I going to say? Um,
0: well, that's... I don't know the name of this specific... Manhunter
1: in the story that we're going to do. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, so that one is so this is the uh, what they they don't actually say the name of the of this one, the okay. old one. But what they're thinking, what everybody assumes and what is probably right is that this is the Paul Kirk one um He's the passing older one. on okay. yeah, passing on the mantle of Manhunter to uh, the new one. That makes sense
0: because the um when he shows him, can you say that he's a big game hunter? Well, he holds up this medallion uh, later, called the. It's like a lion, and it's like a secret society of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, their lion, med, their lion medallion is real. If you speak the truth uh, to it, it is said that it shall answer. Um, yeah. Which helps aid the man hunter in finding uh, the um, bad
1: guys. Where'd you go, dude? Where'd you go? You you started, you left for a second. I was going, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this one is uh, basically, which is cool is Kirby got to revisit his own creation basically. And this is his own creation passing the mantle on to a new, one of his creations. So this is thought to be um, Paul Kirk passing the mantle on to uh, Mark Shaw. Uh, And and this definitely is Mark Shaw in here. They, They name him. They don't name Paul Kirk, but they do name Mark Shaw in here. So, um, and then Mark Shaw was later used um, all through, like, the 80s and everything. And then, yeah, and then there was more after. There was a clone of Paul Kirk that came after and whatever, too. So, right. Uh, yeah, so this is, um, uh, like, a lot of um, these... Uh, l- the i guess not a lot but kind of similar to atlas it starts out and there's some adventure you don't know much about this guy but there's there's an adventure that has a little bit to do with the overall story but it's mostly just an introduction to the story right
0: yeah and he's like in a cave of like heads that are just like talking yeah heads or face or masks or something
1: dude this reminds me of did you ever watch the movie the return to oz
0: uh, a long, long time ago. Yes. So
1: in there, there's this like l- witch lady. It's been a long time for me too. But she can change her heads. She like cuts off people's heads. And she has a room full of heads uh-huh. that she can just choose a different head to put, put on her... every day. Yeah, dude. Crazy. And that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Because she, he walks into this place and it's so scary. Like this is straight out of a horror comic, oh, yeah, dude. it's it's yeah. You terrifying. just have these like heads and sometimes just even faces like it's like the back of the head doesn't even exist right and it's just and they're talking uh it turns out that there's a guy that's basically he he's He's got him talking man yeah he is he's like the wizard of oz but he's he's making they're not really talking there's a video cassette that's making him talk They're, they're all dead basically right right uh but, yeah, I love that art in that, that first one, uh, that first panel as he's walking into it. And just all of this is just so... Um... Oh, and at this point, he has his mask on still, right? Um, and so uh, you don't realize that he's an old guy until after that he takes down this guy who's stealing people's heads and faces.
0: Yeah, and then he take, takes off his mask. He's like, I'm too old for this. So he goes back and um, goes to, like, the main lion... Uh, well, he goes to the the Lion Court. Let's see here. Hold on. He actually shows. Um, now, now you got Paul Kirk in my head. What's the What's the new Mark Shaw? Yeah. So he, he goes to Mark Shaw and shows him like the suit and explains to him about like the society. Well, he head.
1: doesn't ever go talk to him. They don't meet face to oh, face. Okay. Uh, I mean
0: I guess there's an in between guy that he's talking yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. So That's this right, guy
1: yeah. this guy is like a professor or whatever and he knows about this legend. That's what it was, yes. And he's telling him about it and and uh this Mark Shaw guy, he wants to do something about it. Um but um he to he wants to do something to help these people that he's reading about. Uh and then this old guy, he basically is telling him, you know, there's this legend of uh it's mm-hmm. called
0: the Shan, I think. Yeah. The Shan and then the you need to go to this place and like talk to this lion and it'll tell you the truth. And so like at that time the king is talking to the old manhunter, Paul
1: Paul Kirk. Right.
0: And uh he's like, um, look, look at me, I'm old, fear I fear my days, the manhunter are numbered. And he says, I know you speak the truth. So he's, he's getting ready to pass on the mantle.
1: Right. But uh, uh, yeah. Um, one thing too, is this guy's showing, shows him that, uh, lion medallion and he says, oh, talk yeah. into this, talk into this thing. Um, and if you're worthy or whatever, you can be chose to be the, the next man hunter. So he talks into it and then this guy, this Odin like character, um, he, Talks back he hears, to him yeah. through it, basically. And then in the mail, the, like a few days later, he just gets, uh yeah, it, it says that. He's like, uh, my costume master arrived today. It's like prime shipping. He got his Manhunter costume uh in the mail. And then he puts the costume on, and he's endowed with, like, all this power, right?
0: Which is cool because then uh like he ends up fighting these dudes and throws them through walls. Again, you know, there's another panel. It's a little bit smaller. Um, on the bottom right, but he throws a guy through like a wooden door, and again you get the k- Kirby splinters. I think this should be a new thing. Like instead of Kirby crackle, it's Kirby splinters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, then he finds out um, about the professor, anyway. And then at the end again, it says like if you want to learn more, and then you never do.
1: Yeah, so this is just one issue. It's an issue of uh, basically just passing passing a torch on. Uh, to a new one, which, right. but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's done really well. So, this brings us to uh, one of my favorites, probably. Really? Yeah. yeah. The Dingbats of Danger Street. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kirby had a thing about um, doing these groups of boys, right? Like that. Uh, so he had like Boys Ranch. He had Boy Commandos. He had Newsboy Legion, and he has the da- Dingbats of Danger Street. So Kirby grew up. Uh, in New York's, like, Lower East Side and where, like, every boy was in some, like, street gang. Like, uh, you had to. You had to join up with a gang. Your neighborhood would fight rival neighborhoods, and Kirby was fighting all the time. So he he kind of knows this, and so he writes lots of stories about these, like, boy... These gangs of boys that, you know, will do things, and his, his boys are always heroes, but they're still, like, a gang. They're still... Not kind gangs, of like as we punk. know. I mean, yeah.
0: they're not like yeah, they're not like gangbangers. Well, gangs,
1: gangs when Kirby was growing up is not the same thing uh, as, as gangbangers became. Yeah, gangs back then were just a group of friends that lived in a neighborhood and got each other's backs and, and would have to yeah defend themselves right against others yeah. You
0: now one thing I do want to point out about this is um, non-fat. I tried to see, because he said, I'm never letting go to this hot dog. I was trying to see how long he holds it. <laughs> so I'm, like, going through the pages, and I'm, like, how long does he hold this hot dog for? And, like, eventually he just starts to eat it, and I'm, like, oh, okay. Really? So it's, like, he only holds it for, like, I mean, how long is this? How many pages is this thing? Like, 30-something? No, 20? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just it's a comic book size. Yeah. Anyway, comic book size. Yeah. And um, after, like, the it's, like, the first, like, 10th of the book he starts to eat it and I'm like oh okay well he didn't hold on to it for that long cuz I thought it would be funny if Kirby just put this hot dog in there for as you know they as long as he could yeah. yeah
1: so yeah you bring up uh his name is Nonfat which is the stupidest name ever but because of that it's the awesomest name ever like when i read it i'm like dude non-fat and he's wearing a shirt called skinny power that has a fist like with this really skinny arm yeah like it's like a black power fist but it's like just this really skinny arm Mm -hmm. uh but yeah the name non-fat i was just like oh my gosh kirby but like i eventually became like started to love that name and then he's got another guy named uh crunch he's the he's a big strong one yeah and then bananas he's like an asian kid right
0: right Yep. he looks like a crazy crazy asian
1: Uh uh-huh and then like there's another guy named good looks so you got good looks non-fat crunch and bananas like dude kirby can do funny pretty dang well like he did a lot of like um funny stuff uh he he did some stuff for marvel that was funny and occasionally there'd be like a dc story that he would do there's like a a comedy uh thing and he does it pretty well um and one of my favorite parts about this is uh, you know this non-fat kid he thinks he's so tough and he thinks he's so strong right mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and he goes up and he uh, who's the first person he kicks
0: I think it was it one of his own guys yeah so it's crunch yeah, yeah.
1: so uh, he gets mad at crunch and uh, he says um, so he goes and he kicks him in the butthole <laughs> like in the actual butthole. And Crunch doesn't even notice, but then uh nonfat is like bouncing away. He's like, Oh, that rockhead has muscles everywhere. So even his butthole is mess is <laughs> muscly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh then later later he kicks like a oh yeah he kicks a bad guy no oh, before yeah, that, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bad guy named gasser who just looks insane dude yeah <laughs> this is like a true kirby creation dude he's got like this gas mask thing on but then he's got like uh eyes open to the co- to the air in costume and then he's got these two tubes that are coming out that look like horns almost but they're like tubes that you'd think the gas would be going through. But then why does he have open eye holes? Right. I, I don't understand. But you don't need to understand because he looks awesome. But yeah, the gasser comes. Uh, and the nonfat goes and tries to kick him <laughs> in the butt. And he falls down on the ground. He's Holiness like, foot. yeah. And so this gasser guy can freeze people. And he's worried that he's going to get frozen when he's uh, grabbing his foot. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't freeze like this. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, they're just trying to fight this Gasser guy, right? Oh, But yeah. before Gaster comes... There's a guy, Jumping Guy. What's his name? Jumping Jack. Jumping Jack was this character um, who just jumped around. Like, this is Kirby, like, having a good time, right? Yeah. I mean, he's created gods.
0: He's created new gods. He's yeah. created super soldiers. And then he creates...
1: This dude in spandex that just jumps. With a mustache and these big teeth. And like, yeah, that's all he does is he just he just jumps around, man. Yep. And he gets caught like in, in two pages. He gets caught and gets busted. And then these guys um, think they're all of the dingbats at Danger Street helped catch him. And yeah, they think that they're like pretty awesome.
0: And then uh, Nonfat grabs a hold of the top of a vehicle. That gasser's driving
1: yeah so because yeah, he's just uh, the character in nonfat is just like this little short spunky pissed off kid does like yeah yeah he doesn't no, care he, about consequences yeah. and he's in his mind he's way stronger than he really is right
0: so he's kidnapped and then uh there's another guy that's kidnapped as well in the back of the van and uh jumping jack uh gets away after being captured mm-hmm. by the police, and then he meets up with Gasser, and then there's a firefight.
1: Yeah. So well, and then like uh, the the police or the police detective, I don't know what his name is, but he's pretty cool because he comes up and he basically says, "Let's work together." So he wants to work with the with the Dingbats, even though they kept saying and, like the whole time they're like, "We don't want to work with you." Right. Because they, they hate adults and authority, right? They, they're, street, they're street kids.
0: Well, I think, isn't there a part in here where they're like, uh, we want to come? And he's like, yeah, come on. And like, what cop is going to tell anybody to come with them to like a crime, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. like a crime scene thing? Yeah, exactly. But it's funny.
1: Uh, so then it comes to a head where they're battling the gasser and jumping jack and... Uh, the gasser has got this like flame torches, right? And uh, he burns the detective's arm, so the detective's arm is like straight, like melted goopy flesh.
0: Detective Mullins is his name.
1: Detective Mullins, yep.
0: And then, um, don't the one of the dingbats pick up a pistol or something? I thought one of. Them no, pick they up pick up one of his
1: gas tanks. Oh, I that's think. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, one of the gasser's gas tanks, and they, uh...
0: The police come in and. Surround
1: yep. him. Yep. So then they catch him, but it's just like, uh, yeah, that's the thing I loved about this is, oh, and, and uh, yeah, non fat and did end up getting frozen. Yeah. He's and, like frozen. And, so, and <laughs> so, like, yeah, they're just like carrying him around, uh, just waiting for him. And they're just like, they're just laughing at him. And except for, um, the big, strong guy, I forgot his name, but he tends to be the crunch. one that crunch takes care of non fat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other guy, Bananas, dude, he's always talking crap on non fat, dude. I love his so, punch bananas in the face. Yeah, so he starts uh, thawing out and he's just like, uh, make it non fat, ride him cowboy. And then he's like, did I hear somebody call me boy? So, and he's about to start a fight again. Yep. And then they do like one last gag at the end. <laughs> he's, he's thawed out. And then he goes up to the cop and he's just like, uh, yeah, we wouldn't give a grown-up the right time. Grown-ups hate us, and we hate them. And then he kicks the dude in the kneecap, the, the detective, mm-hmm. and then he just jumps off and grabbing his feet again. <laughs> and I love that so much. I, I thought this was, like, it was really fun. I was skeptical when I first read it. I was just like, dingbat's a danger street. It can't be, can't be good. It's got to be a joke, right? And, yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it.
0: I've been always kind of skeptical of that book. Um just cuz I don't like the name Dingbats mm-hmm. and it's like a boy gang. I'm not really interested in that, you know, mm-hmm. as much. Um so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um it was better than I thought it was going to be for sure.
1: Yeah. Um so it was it was a good read. The thing that I was impressed about is uh just the fact that Kirby could do lighthearted stuff and the fact that it's like it's you know it's a really pretty easy story The basically the whole story is like they're on the street and these two bad guys they get intertwined with these two bad guys Nonfat gets stolen or accidentally kidnapped so the rest of the dingbats because they're his boys they go follow him and then they just want to get their uh, boy back right but yeah to do that they've got to join up with the cops to to battle these two big bad guys and there's... At the very end, it's like a light-hearted kind of like... Sitcom almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, the cops understand that these guys, These are just punk kids that think that they're so important. But they, they like him. the cops... The cop is nice to them and likes them. And I like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So here's what's even cooler. Okay. Okay? Is Kirby did three issues of this, Stingbats of Dangerous Street. Uh Two of them never got published. Okay. So this one actually probably would have gone on to be a series right but but kirby left dc and they never got published um until this year in oct this coming october they're going to be published and it's it's the last thing that anybody knows of that's a complete jack kirby story that that hasn't been published published really yeah so uh tomorrow's publishing is actually they got um the rights from dc to publish this so it's like a it's like a Collaboration between DC and Tomorrow's, and uh, yeah, so there's gonna they're gonna it's gonna be called uh, they're gonna have these two Dingbat stories in it. Uh, plus, I think there's one other romance story, maybe. Oh, okay. and, and I want to say it's called like Dingbats of Love or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But if you search Tomorrow's uh, the T W O M O R R O W S and and dingbats that you'll you'll find it but it's supposed to be coming out in October and they even got uh, so they were just Kirby pencils uh, they never were colored or inked but they even got um, tomorrow's hired Bruce Berry, I think Bruce Berry to ink it really t- yeah yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: you think they're just gonna do black and white or You think they'll do color oh,
1: I think they'll just leave it black and white yeah cuz like I saw the cover of it and it's in black and white um, But uh, yeah, it's still
0: cool though, man. Like to see something that that is finished but not published,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. And dude, I would love, dude. I want to go on, uh, I want to go on a trip with these guys again, dude. They're funny, man. So I want to see what else they're up to. Um, it's called uh, Dingbat Love, actually. Dingbat Love. Yeah, and uh, it's coming out. uh, Yeah, I think. I said October, um, that's probably what it is. But uh, it's got two unused dingbats of Danger Street Tales. Um, oh, no, it is colored. Oh, it is, Yeah. okay. Yep, and it's a, and then there's a story called True Love Divorce, which uh, was an abandoned newsstand magazine that was too hot for its time. So yeah, that one was never published either. And Soul Love, is an unseen 70s romance book. So funky, even a jive turkey will dig the untouched inks by Vince Coletta, or uh, the unretouched inks by Vince Coletta and Tony Dzenyuga. But anyway, it says, plus... Uh, let's see. Uh, no, that's not what I thought. Yeah, somewhere I read, though, that they did hire... Uh Bruce Barry to ink some of this stuff like newly like I guess he's still around, so that's awesome, yeah, dude, hundred sixty pages is what it's gonna um run at, and uh yeah dude, I'm really excited for this, like it's cool that there's full Kirby issues out there yet that nobody's seen, so
0: yeah, it's definitely gotta I gotta get on that,
1: yep, so I'm for sure gonna get that, so go to tomorrows dot com to purchase that.
0: Yes. All right. So I would say my favorite of these three would be Atlas. Um, I think the sleeper for me was the Dingbats. I really enjoy the Manhunter story, but I think the Dingbats, because I never really was going to give it a chance. Um, and I. I did I was pleasantly surprised yeah but I love the idea of Atlas and uh, just being like this boy that was imbued with power became a strong man and then uh, is gonna go crush the dude that killed his family you know I think that's uh, that's a really cool story
1: I think I read somewhere when I was reading about Atlas that he's been used a couple of times since um, and like he's been like they've turned him to a bad guy or something
0: I don't know about that's very possible. I know I know there was an atlas, and I may be completely off my rocker here, but um, there was an atlas used in the All Star Superman series, right? And I don't know if it's the same atlas. Or so
1: that. yeah, what I read about that is that he probably is. They didn't ever actually say that he is, and he looks different, but they say they probably he is. probably is yeah. the same.
0: Character. Okay, um, but that's the only other time I think I've seen him,
1: and he was like. He was like a
0: hero, but he was like a not like your normal type of hero. So I wouldn't necessarily call him a villain. I think so, he tries to arm wrestle Superman. But
1: so James Robinson brought Atlas back in Superman seven or six seventy eight, and according to Robinson, Atlas is going to save humanity the way i like to look at him is uh like the in the marvel universe namor is a hero but he really skates a fine line between being a hero and a villain so he's yeah so he's like namor where he like has that's what they that's what james robinson tried to you know kind of turned him into right is uh that kind of guy who like does things that you know humans would consider being a super villain but he has his own purposes for it yeah okay so and then yep uh in all-star superman there's an atlas in issue three and uh he was more closely based on the mythological figure of atlas um but they uh, consider him still to be like like a different version of the same guy basically
0: okay so. Like, it may be a different world, because the all-star yeah. world maybe is different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this issue cover of Superman 678, you can see Superman's, like, aren't, like, in a battle with the exact Atlas that we're looking at.
1: Dude, is that an Alex Ross cover? It looks like it's Alex Ross. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to find that issue, dude. Yeah. Dude, I would love to read that, actually. I know, that'd be cool. That would be awesome to see Atlas interact with Superman. <sighs> yeah, right? be
0: right. Especially since Atlas seems like he's from the past... Right. But it's kind of like a mix of like, you know how he always does like a mix of like, not fantasy, but like classic, like, uh like old Stone Age right. mixed with like modern f- or futuristic spaceships and stuff.
1: Well, yeah, even if, the, even though, I mean, that's never stopped DC from having characters team up, Dude, True. like Superman and Commander have teamed up and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, they make it work. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I definitely want to get the others, dude. Uh, I'm not super interested in the Return of the New Gods. I, I'm rarely interested in people other than Kirby's version of the New Gods. Yeah. Uh, except for, uh, yeah, Tom King's uh, newest one. But I uh, got to get a Lady Cop for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, I have. So I have these three, and then I have uh, Warlord. You got the
1: Warlord yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'd like to get them all, man. It, it does seem like a, Oh, a metamorpho. I'd like oh, yeah, to get that'd that be one awesome. too. Yeah. But uh yeah, I I'm definitely glad we read these. It's, it's fun because it's just like uh this is Kirby's last DC stuff and it's just cool to see like what he went out on. So All right, I think that's going to do it, man.
0: Perfect. Um should I do the outro right now? How about it. Perfect. So you can find us at Instagram on Instagram at cold storage podcast. Uh, you can find us or email us at the cold or sorry, the cold storage podcast at gmail.com. Um, and then if you want t shirts or any information or want to ask us a question or offer us a hot button suggestion, Find Spencer's phone number at...
1: <laughs> no, don't do it. No, I'm not going to. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you had a good time like we did.
1: Hey, we'll catch you later.